fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates, and this is episode 20 of our podcast. Notice I only said Rick Cates being the host today myself because Chris is currently uh, headed to Nebraska for his mule deer hunt. So he is on the road as we speak uh, with dreams of muleys in his head. Uh, So that uh, provided me with another opportunity to bring what I thought was going to be a, another conservation cast where we cover a topic and give you a little bit more in-depth idea of things behind it and maybe you know some of the moving parts that we all aren't necessarily aware of that go into conservation and, and stuff like that. Originally, I was going to talk about uh, the pebble mine up by Bristol Bay. You've heard it mentioned on the podcast before, I'm sure on other podcasts that you listen to as well. Um, but there was a bit of good news over the past few weeks, and that is, uh, with regards to the Trump administration pulling a critical permit needed for the exploratory mining for, um, you know, precious metals and things like that for the Canadian company that was going to go in there and do some of the mining. So, uh, that has been completely, uh, looks like completely taken off the table and hopefully, uh, for those of us that are conservation minded, um, kills it all together. Now, is that going to happen? We don't know. Uh, it's not again going to issue the critical clean water act permits, uh, for the pebble mine, which, essentially undercuts a lot of the stuff that people needed in order to, you know, go in and do that drilling. You know, the idea there is that uh, even if they went in and started drilling or things along those lines, it was going to likely result in a significant issue for the environment and have significantly adverse effects on wildlife, the human the human system up there, the aquatic system, jobs, all kinds of stuff. So, um, officially, that is looks to be uh, off the table. So, if you still have questions or anything along those lines, please go to SaveBristolBay.com. Um, backcountry hunters and anglers, there's plenty of things that you can look at uh, in terms of. Um, There's plenty of articles that you can find online so you can go on and read them, inform yourself of the situation and stuff like that. So that might lead you to think, you know, Rick, what are you going to talk about if your topic is already kind of dead in the water? Um, And it actually brings up a really good question. And up until a little while ago, hadn't really thought of it, but... Thank you to the wonderful world of social media. We now have a topic. So, you know, over uh, the past few years, uh, thanks to the wonderful world of the Internet, I came up with a topic based off of some things that I was seeing and hearing. So first things first, 
Um, September 5th begins archery deer season in Kentucky. Hopefully, those of you that are going to be able to make it out have good luck. And for those of you who are not able to partake in that, crossbow comes in at September 19th. Um, for those of you who don't partake, partake in that, got to wait till November 14th for Modern Gun, but muzzleloader comes in October 17th. I hope you guys get out and enjoy one of those seasons one way or another. The thing that brought uh, was brought to my attention um, is something that I've seen multiple times through comments on articles, web pages, social media, a number of different things. And this is a topic that we've kind of discussed on here a tiny bit, but not super in-depth. And as a person who has explained before on this podcast that I am unapologetically a meat hunter, uh, my first job and foremost job is to provide uh, meat for my family. When I go out and hunt, that is the idea that I am going out for. I need to put two deer in the freezer every year. Anything extra, turkeys, things like that, is a nice bonus. However, we eat a very large amount of wild game in my home. So it got me thinking after I started seeing comments about certain stuff. And it just it really kind of irked me with some of the stuff I was reading. And a lot of it has to do with guys women talking about how someone else needs to hunt. And to me, that brings up a couple different things for people. You know, first things first, outdoors people go outdoors because they love the outdoors. Um, even if I wasn't going out hunting, I still enjoy my time in the stand. Um, if I am going to a new place, I'm going to look and see what I have available to me in terms of being outside, outdoors, things like that. And I realize not everybody is that way. Some people are your weekend warriors. Some people are, I go out in my cow pasture, I pop my deer with my, you know, gun, rifle, whatever weapon I choose, and that's my deer season for the year, and that's completely fine and perfectly fine. You know, sometimes it is, that's how we learn from our parents or grandparents or individuals who mentored us, you know, moving forward. But the thing that really kind of drove the idea for this podcast were a couple of things that I had seen with regards to Facebook and uh, particularly some comments of, you know, people getting on guys um, for looking and posting pictures of smaller deer. And one of the things that stood out to me was a guy criticizing a young kid for saying, if I get the chance, I might shoot him with a crossbow. And this is a small deer. Um, but to that kid, might have been a trophy. And I sat back and I read. And I read. And I read. And quite honestly, um, as, a, as an outdoors person, uh, really kind of irked me. Reading comments, guys making fun of the kid. 
um, really kind of going after the fact that he's not killing big deer, that kind of stuff. So when I thought about sitting down and talking about this, you know, Chris and I will probably cover this together at some point because he and I have um, same to similar philosophies, but um, I make no bones about it. Chris kills big deer. Um, I kill I kill deer uh, for my freezer. And not that he doesn't, but uh, he, Chris is good at killing bigger deer, just flat out, plain and simple, uh, better than me. Um, reality is we all need to learn to hunt our own hunt. And when I say that, I mean... When someone says, this is how I'm going to hunt, it's their choice. It's what they want to do. If they want to go out with a crossbow and sit in a box blind and shoot, you know, a limited does a year and never shoot a buck, there's nothing wrong with that. If they're going to shoot a small buck, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to wait five years to shoot the biggest buck of your lifetime. There's nothing wrong with that. Too often, we get caught up, I think, in social media trends and norms and things along those lines, and it ruins, at some level, the spirit of hunting. When I was brought up hunting, my first hunt, I think, was I was nine years old, and I went squirrel hunting. And I shot one squirrel with a single-shot shotgun. And I can still remember how happy I was. Fast forward to deer season that year. I shot my first deer, um, and it was a small button buck. And people might say, well, you know, you're a kid. You know, that, that's normal, whatever. Yeah, it is. But I think we all have to remember we're not all at the same spots in each other's hunting lives. Um, I started hunting when I was nine, and I'm now 35, and I've had a lot of years under my belt. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I don't go out and try to you know, kill a big buck every year, but it certainly doesn't mean that I go out and try not to shoot um, deer to put in my freezer. You know, that's an important thing for a lot of people, you know, coming out more. And quite honestly, I think a lot of the criticisms that we see online anymore or on TV shows or things like that are you have to kill the biggest buck, otherwise you're not a real hunter. And that's their opinion. Quite honestly... There's plenty of people out there who are going to be going out for the very first time this year. And if you're one of those people listening, I hope you make whatever hunt you choose the best one that you can. You might not be successful. You might shoot a smaller animal, and that's completely fine. You might go out and shoot the biggest buck of your lifetime and then be chasing that high for the rest of your life, though, too. So be aware that it can go both ways. Now... I say all this because one of the things that's important as uh, sportsmen and women is to teach each other things, not criticize. If someone asks for an opinion, give it. You know, if someone says, hey, uh, what do you think of, uh, you know, spot and stock deer hunting for my first hunt? My opinion would be, 
that's not something I would do, but if it's what you're going to do, make sure you're you know, doing everything you need to in order to do that. If you're going to go sit in a tree stand all day, you know, they might say, what do I need to, what do I need to bring? I'll offer my information, and if they don't want it, that's okay. That's their choice. It's their hunt. And that's an important thing. You know, I learned this, you know, firsthand actually hunting with Chris uh, on the turkey hunt that we went on this year in Kentucky is my hunt is important. And Chris and I discussed this before we even set out with Luke or, you know, anything. And I had made a point to tell Chris, you know, I realize we're going to be on, we're going to find birds, but it's important for me that I get a bird. I don't care if it's a Jake. I don't care if it's the biggest, oldest gobbler with, you know, inch and a, you know, three quarter length spurs and a 14 foot rope dragging from the front. I want a bird and that's what's important to me. And Chris and I have known each other for a long time and he knows enough about me to respect, you know, my wishes when I say when I say something along the lines of, you know, I want this to be my hunt. Now, you'll all see it. We recorded it and again, you know, I shot like five times or something at the bird because of how we were positioned, I missed, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that the bird was down. The reality of it is, is, yeah, i probably going to, I could get raked over the coals for shooting a Jake, because it was a Jake, and you know what? It didn't matter to me, because in that moment, that was what was important, was getting a bird. And it's not anything illegal, it's not anything unethical, and for a bird that I wanted to get for my first one in Kentucky, um, it will be a memory that I remember for the rest of my life that I was with two friends. We went out to a piece of property, public land, had no idea what to expect, and we got on birds, and we came home heavy. Now, if someone said to me, you know, well, you're just doing that because of what you saw online cool. That's your opinion. You know, the idea here is, is that not everybody has the ability to have private property. Not everybody has the ability to uh, throw money down on a lease with their buddies. If you do, kudos to you guys. You know, I'm glad that you're able to do that. And I'm glad that you have the uh, well means to be able to have those things in your life. A lot of people don't. And I think it's very important for us to recognize that we need to be propping each other up versus tearing each other down. And I say all this because with deer season being fairly imminent, uh, at least in the state that I sit in currently, a lot of guys are going to take deer that might not be your deer. Um, some of you it will be your deer. And... <laughs> um, you know, I hope that you have other deer that you want to go after. It's hard for me to understand the idea that people are going to criticize another individual because of an animal that they took, because it's one that they had been going after, or it's something that's going to be helpful for them to grow as a hunter. If you're doing things illegally, and I want to be very clear about this, there's a big difference between someone saying, I'm going to go do this and it being illegal or unethical. 
that's the point where I think it's okay to say, hey, man, or hey, uh, ma'am, I wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. That might get you in trouble with the game warden. And if they want to say go pound sand, go on your way. Keep it in mind when the next time you interact with them and, you know, they ask for advice or anything along those lines. You know, as we grow as hunters and outdoors people and, you know, fi- you know, fishermen, you have to understand at some level that you're going to have to teach and you're going to have to pass the baton on to somebody else. And you want to be able to do that and have those, you know, healthy ideas and ideals go on to the next generation. I um, went... So in saying that, I'm going to tell a story. And this happened, I want to say, about a week and a half ago. I went to a shooting range. I bought a 22 early on last year. And I wanted to get it sighted in for small game hunting in the fall because I love small game hunting. I think it's something that is fun. I think it provides you know great meat for the table. And quite honestly... It's something easy to get out and do with your buddies where you don't have to sit still the entire time and you can have a great morning, afternoon, or evening going out and doing it. So I go and I sight in my 22 and I'm sitting there talking to these two other guys who are, you know, out there shooting, you know, getting deer rifles sighted in and, and things like that. And we're kind of BSing and to be honest, I've never actually been to a public shooting range. And, you know, making sure that I had everything safe, all that kind of stuff. These two guys stepped in, helped me understand rules of the certain range that I was at. And, you know, moving forward with it. That type of stuff is extremely helpful. And those are the things that I think we should probably be looking at more, especially in these times of, you know, people being less than nice online and, you know, in public and, you know, whatever else is going on in our lives. Those types of things go a long way for a lot of different people. So as I got up, I, you know, got my 22 sighted into where I wanted to get it sighted in. I was like, you know what? I got my shotgun in the back of my car or my truck. I'm going to go squirrel hunting. So I, you know, load my gun up and I start walking and, um, in Kentucky, uh, fall squirrel starts August 15th and it actually runs, this is important, uh, it runs from August 15th to mid-November and then it goes out for a little bit. Uh, it goes from August 15th to November 13th, then it goes out for the opening weekend of modern rifle or modern gun season in Kentucky, then comes back in November 16th and runs all the way to February 28th. So if you're looking to get out and get some stuff for your freezer, excellent opportunity. Uh, There is a trapping season in Kentucky as well. It's from November 16th to February 28th. But if you're going to trap on public lands, please make sure that you get written permission and you have to mark traps and uh, I believe check them with the game wardens in the area. So be aware of that as well. Now, I say all that to say this. I go, I'm unsuccessful. I hear squirrels, can't see them. There's still a lot of leaves on the tree, but you know what? Um, 
taking a walk in the woods with the possibility of, you know, getting stuff from my freezer is something that I'm always going to try to do instead of passing it up. On the way out, uh, I see um, three guys walking towards me, and they're all in blue jeans, they're all in boots, and just t-shirts and hats, and they're all carrying shotguns. And as I'm walking closer, I realize that these guys are actually kids, and I mean... 16 maybe 17 and I'm walking towards them my stop and I talk to them and we kind of exchange for a little bit and I ask them it's like so you guys going hunting squirrels and they go yeah Uh, we came out and we scouted the night before squirrel season because we were so excited about being able to go and to me those three kids that are going and doing that are a huge part of what I mean when I say hunt your own hunt. Not many people would go out and scout for squirrels the night before opening day to make sure that they're going to have a successful hunt for small game. You know, if you put that online, you know, you might get ridiculed. At the same time, though, those three kids were hunting their own hunt, and quite honestly are moving forward hunting the way that, you know, in a lot of ways it should be. It's the way that it used to be, where you took woodsmanship seriously, where you allowed yourself to be a serious hunter and go out for the sake of hunting. You know, there's studies shown, you know, plenty of times that every time that you look at bow hunter or um, Cabela's or, you know, any you know, online publication. Nothing grabs more attention than a big, huge buck. That's why you don't see squirrels. That's why you don't see doves. That's why you don't see grouse. That's why you don't see pheasants. Um, that's why you don't see black bears on, on the front of uh, publications for the sole fact that a big, giant buck is going to get more attention. And with more attention, people think that's what you have to get every time. I said that, so when you think about what your hunt is, give it a couple seconds and think about it. It, What's important to you? Is it that you get a deer? Is it that you kill the biggest buck possible? Is it that you kill something that you are proud of? You know, there's lots of different things for deer hunting, just like there's lots of different things for grouse hunting or pheasant hunting, or squirrel hunting, or bear hunting, or, you know, name name your animal or game of choice. There's plenty of stuff out there for us all to go and enjoy. So as we lead into hunting season, I really want to encourage individuals out there to take the time and not bash each other because of someone shooting a six-point or a forky, or, you know, a huge giant deer, and then the first thing said, well, it must be behind a cage. Guys and ladies, reality is, is that it doesn't matter. And quite honestly, those are memories that those individuals will have. And you know what? If they high fence hunt, they high fence hunt. Is it my style? Absolutely not. 
Is it someone else's? It might be all they can. It might be all that they can do, and that's what they have to go do because they get one or two days a year to go hunt. So that being said, again, if you are one of those people who are doing that, don't pass it off as a lie and saying you shot it on public land either. Be honest about the hunt. You know, be honest about what you're going and doing, and be proud of you know what you're going out and do. You know, if you're using an outfitter to go after your first elk, good for you. Just because you're not doing it DIY doesn't mean that you're not hunting. And if you're the DIY guy that goes out there and eats tag soup, good for you as well. Not only are you uh, sponsoring conservation in a different state, but the fact is, is that you went and you did it. And that's the important thing. You hunted your own hunt, and you're allowing yourself to go do things that you might not thought were possible at one point in time in your life. And that's a very important thing as we move into the hunting seasons of the fall. So as we move into hunting seasons of the fall, remember turkey, deer, waterfowl, dove, upland bird, small game, all available to make your hunt your own. Always remember that there's going to be somebody new out there watching and looking and trying to learn something from you as a hunter or angler moving through your life. If you have the opportunity to teach, take and teach. We say it on here all the time. If you get the opportunity to take out somebody new, please do it. Doesn't mean that public lands are going to be inundated with billions of new hunters because quite honestly, that's not going to happen, you know. Don't give away your spots or anything, but also allow people to learn from you as an individual. We're all in this together. If you want to hunt with a crossbow, go hunt with a crossbow. If you want to hunt with a compound, hunt with a compound. If you only want to rifle hunt, that's fine too. Nothing wrong with any of those things. And if you have somebody with you, always make sure you teach them proper safety and that you're teaching them how to do things in a healthy way because that's what makes hunts successful and that's what makes repeat hunt, repeat hunts better we all want to be out in the woods and for the sake of For the sake of helping ourselves and helping others. There's all... So, with that being said, um, as we move into these seasons, I know I'm going to see a lot of trail cam picks. I've already started seeing ones. You know, one of my points to this podcast was I showed a picture to some buddies of uh, mine the other day. I've got two deer that I really think are, are nice deer. And I showed it to three different people and I got three different answers. Uh, I showed two of the deer to a person. They said that the, it's a, one is a 10 point and one is a, a, a pretty mass, uh, has good mass eight point. And one guy says 10 points your shooter. The other guy says, man, that eight point is really, really nice looking. I think I'd go after that one. And the third guy said, 
I'm just jealous that you've got deer on camera. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out this year. And then I show him to a fourth guy, and his his words were, I'm going to wait on my farm for the next three years because I want to make sure that I get my deer population healthy. Four different ways, four different hunters, including myself, it's five. So five different ways, five different hunters. And reality being, whichever one steps out in front of me first is getting an arrow. Um, that, that That's the way that I kind of look at it. And I hope that you all have opportunities this year because ultimately that's what this is about. Providing yourself with enough opportunity to hopefully get the job done and be able to fill your freezer moving forward for the next year and to be able to share those memories and that meat with other individuals that you love and have friendships with. So that all being said, um, as we're kind of closing up here, a couple of things. One is we hope within the next few weeks we get to break down Chris's mule deer hunt from Nebraska because I believe it's going to be an excellent, excellent hunt. And he's got a lot of really cool stuff that he's got planned out there with him and two of his buddies. The second thing is as we get further into deer season, we hope to be giving rut reports and things along those lines. So be on the lookout. We may try to do midweek release stuff and give information about what we're seeing. And again, what we're seeing. It doesn't mean that we're all going to be seeing the same things. Third thing, as you're getting out and hanging tree stands, I cannot state this enough. I had to go do this at my stand the other day. Make sure your stands are secure. Make sure all your climbing equipment is in good working order and ensure that you are wearing a harness. You can't show deer off if you're dead. Flat out, plain and simple. Um, we want to make sure that everybody that we talk to and everybody that we hear from who wants to send us any picture of any animal that they're taking, that we're able to share that and that we're able to say that you had a safe and successful hunt. You know, these are things that, you know, when you're getting out and you're teaching people, those are the types of things that I'm telling people to have uh, at least as part of a hunt. You know, making sure that you are well-read on safety regs and your safety precautions. There's plenty of things that can happen out in the woods, and we want to minimize risk as much as humanly possible. So, with that being said, um, the only other concluder that I have is what I stated earlier. If you get the opportunity to take somebody out and make their hunt, their first hunt, or take someone out to help them hunt, always remember that you are there to help and we're all there to give and get information to help us grow as an outdoors person. So any of you people ha uh, heading out next weekend for opening weekend of deer season in Kentucky, I hope and pray that you have good luck and good luck meaning safe, fun, and productive hunts. And productive for me is sitting out in the woods and learning something new, even if I don't see a deer. Again, so as we move into the season, 
I hope that I hear from you guys. Remember, you can reach us at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. We also have an ability for people to leave voice messages for us on our anchor.fm website. That is anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. And you can go on our podcast page and leave us voice messages. We hope to be doing like a Q&A at some point with things. So if you have questions, write in. We'll be more than happy to try to answer them and put them into a podcast as we are moving through season. So we hope to start you know, bringing you guys more video type com, uh, content on our YouTube page. And I'm sure Chris is going to have bucket loads of cool stuff to share with you and me when he gets back from Nebraska. We're also hoping that uh, Chris is able to record out there with his buddies and that we're going to have a essentially almost live um, from the field type situation out there. If we don't, you know what, Uh, we will have one eventually and we look forward to hearing from feedback from you guys. So as always, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. I've been your host, Rick Cates. And again, Hunt your own hunt, respect others, and be kind as we move through this wonderful time of year known as fall and hunting season. Take care, everybody. Bye. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.